Hey, and welcome to the Pathway Church Podcast. We're so glad you're here to join us. We hope that this podcast inspires you to live life both for God and your city. Make sure to subscribe to stay up to date with all of our most recent episodes. And remember to leave us a five-star rating. Enjoy the message. And uh, if you have your Bible today, uh, we're going to be in a couple of passages of Scripture. The first one comes out of Ephesians chapter 6. Verse 10 is where we're going to kick that off, and then the other one's going to be in 1 Samuel chapter 17. And I feel like my assignment for you today is I simply just want to tell you that this is it. This is it. Whatever battle, whatever moment you've been facing in your life, this is the moment that everything changes for you. This is the moment that you get your family back, you get your peace back, you get your joy back. Everything the enemy has taken from you in 2020, maybe the beginning of 2020, I pray and decree that today is the day, this is it, that everything changes for you. Yeah. So if you would, go ahead and declare to your neighbor sitting next to you that this is it today. This is it today. This is it today. And so we've been in this this season of talking about Ephesians and basically the whole preface of Ephesians is Paul is writing a letter to this church in Ephesus. And so Ephesians is a brand new spanking church and they're getting started and they're still trying to figure this thing out just like you and I have. When we first said yes to God, we're still trying to figure this whole thing out. A lot of us are still on that journey today as well too. And so what Paul is doing, he's writing this letter, these letters to the church in Ephesus saying, hey, we are running a race of faith. When you give your life to God, everything changes, but sometimes you have an enemy that prowls around like a roaring lion seeking whom he can devour. So you got to run the race of faith and you got to get ready for any battle that may happen in your life. And I don't know about you guys, but I've been in some battles. I've been in some battles personally, been in some battles with my marriage. Let let me just tell you guys this, okay? Can I tell you? My wife and I, we engage in a battle every single morning, y'all. And it comes by way of our three-year-old son, okay? Can I tell y'all that it is a struggle and a battle every morning trying to get this kid up out of the bed? And so we're like trying to bribe him, and all I can hear is my wife screaming across the house, Abraham, get up! Get up out of the bed! And it's like, we got to leave at 7.30 and at 7.25 and a half. You guys know what I'm saying? And so all we can hear is, I'm up, I'm up, and he's still underneath the covers. And so we finally win that battle, and then we move on to our next battleground, which becomes our stairway in our house, which is where my son loves to get dressed in the morning. And so I believe that firmly the spirit of a teenager has hit my three-year-old. He loves to sleep in and he loves to eat junk food first thing in the morning. And so what happens is we'll uh, get in the stairway and we start to try to ask him and say what clothes you want to wear, different things like that, and then let the bribery and convincing begin, okay? What happens is he tries to convince us that, hey, I can go to school in my Spider-Man underwear. And we're like, bro, that's not okay. You've got to put on some clothes, man. You got to get dressed for the occasion. And so then he's like, well, I want some chocolate. You know what? At this point, dude, you can have pizza. I don't care. You can have ice cream. Just get dressed at this point. And so we get successful and we take him on to school and that battle is over for that day and then on to the next one. 
But maybe your battle that you're facing this morning is a little bit more serious and deeper than handling a toddler. Maybe the battle you've been struggling with is maybe battles in your marriage or maybe battles in your finances. You've been trying to figure things out the way as you keep going and keep moving on this journey that you're on. And what basically Paul is saying here in Ephesians, he's basically telling the people of Ephesus, look, you're going to face some battles in your life. It's inevitable. But what I love that he tells the people in Ephesus is he not only says there's going to be battles, but he gives them the tools of what they need in order to win every battle. And that's what I want to kind of go over with you today, starting out of Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. And I'm going to preach this one verse out of the New King James Version because I feel like going old school a little bit today, ladies and gentlemen. And he says, finally, somebody say finally. My brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. I want to tell you my first point today. Strength comes by being found in the Lord. And the benefit of doing so is that you receive his power. So I need to ask you a question today. Do you need some strength? Do you need some power? Get in his presence. Because in his presence is where his power is produced. In his presence, there is fullness of joy. That's where you begin to rob the enemy back of everything that he stole back from you. You get in his presence. Get in his presence. What battle are you facing this morning? What battle are you going through right now? The word of God reminds us that all of this will be able to be faced and won if we put on spiritual armor. So out of Ephesians chapter 6, verse 11, Paul kind of goes through the different phrases or six different areas that you need to be clothed in. And here we go. I'll start off in verse 11. Therefore, put on the full armor of God, not just 75%, not just 99.9%, but the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, and guess what, ladies and gentlemen, it's coming. At some point, you're going to face a battle. You may be going through it right now, or it is to come, or you've already came out of it. But there is a battle to take place that you may be able to stand your ground. And after you've done everything to stand, therefore stand and have girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, though, taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, praying all the time. And so he kind of kicks off verse 10. He says, hey, Get in the presence of God. That's where your power is going to come. Then what else happens when you get in the presence? You start getting clothed. You get your mind right. You get your heart right. You get everything right within your life to take on anything the enemy may throw at you. But what I love about verse 11, we kind of skipped that on where we kind of talked about that on purpose. He says, put on the full armor of God. And then right at in verse 13, he mentions it again. And I think this is significant because he says, put on. The word put means to fully clothe, to fully go all in. And see, here's the thing about the gospel of Jesus, man. We can't nitpick it, y'all. We can't cherry pick the word of God. We have to go all in because Jesus went all in for us, and he's calling us today to go all in with every part of our being. 
And I know sometimes when you're in a battle, it's hard to do that. And my question to you is, why do we wait until we're in a battle to start getting in the presence of God? Why are we not in the presence of God daily? That's what Paul is saying. When you get in the presence of God, you're going to have some good days. (laughs) But you're also going to have some crazy days, y'all, too. But in any moment, in any situation, you're prepared, you're clothed, you're ready for battle. You're ready for war. Actively put on God's armor. And here's what happens. God requires our participation. God has called you and I to participate in everything he's doing here in the world. And part of that is being here at the church, being on a serve team, getting involved in a small group, whatever that looks like for you, get involved. Be active in pursuing your faith. And, you know, I kind of look at it this way, y'all, like, a lot of times we think of the, the, the battle with the, with the devil like a UFC fight. You know what I mean? And I'm a big UFC fan, y'all. And I'm, look, I know it's a little barbaric. I'm praying about, about this with the Lord. He's working it out in me. But I just love it, y'all. And then you get some of them good old chicken wings from Wemos over there. Come on, somebody. All right, y'all still breathing. I, I just had to mention chicken wings and y'all went nuts. All right. Man, they got some good ones, though. And so you start watching the fights and you just think that the battle with the enemy is you're going to clinch up your fists and you're going to put him in a chokehold and you're going to judo chop him right in the throat. You know what I mean? But the problem with that is it's not a physical battle. Scripture says we battle not against flesh and blood, but against the prince of all darkness and palities. This is a spiritual battle. So if you are not dressing and clothing and preparing yourself spiritually, then you are already at a disadvantage. You're already at a disadvantage. And so what God is calling you and I to do to church is to get in the presence of God, even when you don't feel like it, even when the circumstances don't seem to be working out for you. Can I tell you today that you have a God in heaven who loves you more than anything you could ever ask or imagine, and he's ready to do immeasurably more in your life. But all you got to do is get in his presence. Get in his presence today. Get in his presence It's a spiritual battle. And I love what Romans 8 says. It says that we're more than conquerors. But it also says that we're like sheep being led to the slaughter. And that's because we can't do this on our own. We can't do this fight on our own. I love what Paul says in Ephesians. He said, after you've done everything you know to do, just stand. And I came to tell you today, ladies and gentlemen, Keep standing. Keep standing. No matter what battles you may be facing, no matter what difficulties you may be facing, listen, the enemy threw his best fiery darts at you in 2020. He may be coming at you again in 2021, but guess what? You may have thrown everything at me, devil, but guess what, baby? I'm still standing because I've got the God of all gods, the king of all kings on my side. Where's all my powerful people at in this room today that says you love God? And I'm going to stand in his purpose. I'm going to stand in his calling. I'm going to stand in his promise. No matter what may be going on in my life today, I'm still standing. Come on, can we just bless the Lord that we're still standing today? We're still standing. And I tell you these things because no matter what part of the journey you're on today, church, the devil is all about lying to you. No matter where you are, you may be a pastor. You may be a small group leader. You may be serving in the cafe. 
You may be watching online today. You may be wherever you are today. There is one thing that is for certain. He's going to be lying to you. Uh, can I just be transparent just for a second? Is that okay? So when I was getting prepared for this message, you know, Pastor Travis called me and he said, all right, kid, you're up. I said, all right, let's do this thing. And uh, I was preparing for the message and I started getting all these thoughts down and writing them down and, and all that kind of stuff. And all of a sudden, I just heard that voice. You're not as good as Pastor Travis. You don't have nothing to say. I know people said you look like Pastor Chad, but you're not as good looking as him. Okay? Keep it moving. Just give up. Just quit. And I want to tell y'all something, man. I grew up in the hood. Okay? And sometimes you just got to put the devil in his place. And so I said, and I stood up from my chair and I said, uh-uh, <clears throat> not today, Satan. I've got something to say. I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. God has called me and appointed me for such a time as this. You can get behind me. You're under my feet today. And here's the thing. Here's the thing. If I can do it, you can do it too. All you got to do is just stand firm, ladies and gentlemen. That's all I'm trying to say today. Just stand firm in the presence of God. And that brings me to my attention here in 1 Samuel chapter 17, and we find David getting ready to go into one of the most uh, biggest battles of his life. And we all know the story about David and Goliath, but there's some things in the scripture that I want to point out to you today is that we find David getting ready. He's on assignment to come bring lunch to his brothers. And they're all out on the battlefield. They're getting ready to fight the Philistine army. And here we have David, and he's, you know, getting ready. He's just being a teenage boy. Chances are he probably ate some of the lunch on his way while he was going to deliver it. I know I would have. And so he goes to deliver this lunch to his brothers, and, and he's asking questions to all the soldiers on the Israelite army. Who is this Philistine that defies the, the Lord's army? Who's that big guy talking and intimidating us out there today? And all of his brothers are telling him to be quiet and, you know, go in the corner, go back to, you know, watching sheep and all that kind of stuff. And so what is so crazy about this passage is that I, I missed this the first time I read the story. But this time God revealed it to me is that when David was trying on Saul's armor, it didn't fit. And the scripture says that Saul put the armor on David. I got a question for you. Why was Saul dressing David? You see, what's so significant about this is that Saul was the rejected king by God. Enter David. David came in. Samuel anointed David because Saul could not live up to who God called him to be. He's made so many mistakes. And scripture says that God rejected him. He was leading the Israelites to their ultimate death, which was going to come by way of the Philistines. And so enter David. David is anointed and appointed for such a time as this. But I think it's crazy that Saul was putting David's armor on or Saul's armor on David. And isn't it just like the enemy that he wants to armor us with false expectations? That he wants to clothe us in fear and doubt because that's what Saul represented. Saul represented insignificance and Saul represented insecureness and all these different things that we fear. And Saul was trying to dress David in these things. And here's the crazy thing. Uh, David said to Saul, he said, I can't move. 
in this. Isn't it just ironic that when the devil dresses us, it leaves us paralyzed? It leaves us paralyzed to not move into our future, into our purpose. And a lot of us in this room, we have been dressing ourselves with false expectations, labels that other people have put on us. And I came to tell you today, go back to what you know. Go back to what you know. See, David took the armor off, and I firmly believe if he kept the armor on, he was going to die. The Israelites were going to lose this battle, and we would be reading a whole entirely different story. But because David had the withal to just say, look, I'm going back to what I know. I'm going back to I know I have a God that can come through for me. I know I have a God that's on my side. And I came to tell you today, he's fighting for you. He goes before you with any battle, any struggle you may be dealing with today. He's fighting on your side today. Just go back to what you know. Go back to where you saw him come through for you for the first time. Go back to the moments where he met you in the darkest places of your life. Go back to what you know today and God God is in the business of protecting you ladies and gentlemen he's in the business of protecting you and equipping you to accomplish the assignment that's in front of you and I think a lot of times God is guarding us from things we have no idea he's guarding us from I think we we see things in our life that Man, we're so grateful God didn't allow that to happen. And God will guard you along the way, but you will only see it looking back. You will only see it moving forward. You will only see it as you progress throughout this life in these different things that you're going through. You will only see as you're going along the way. And here's what David says in, to Saul in 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 34. This is in the NIV version. But David said to Saul, your servant has been keeping his father's sheep. And when a lion or a bear came and carried off a sheep from the flock, I struck it down and killed it. You see, David was serving. He was going along the way. He was spending time with God. He was in the presence of God, even in his alone time, even in his loneliness, in his isolation. God was equipping him. David was serving, and God was equipping. God cannot guard you until you are along the way. And so a lot of us, we pray for God to to do something or to give us something while we're on our couch, and we're good at saying it, but doing it is a whole different ballgame. And the problem is God cannot dispatch his assistance for an assignment that we're not present for. What if David never showed up to the battlefield? What if he told Jesse, his father, no, I don't feel like it. I don't feel like delivering. These guys don't like me anyways. I'm not going to show up. What are you running from that God has called you to? Because God cannot dispatch his assistance until you are along the way, until you are moving. And see, the devil wants to put that false armor on you to paralyze you because then God's assistance will not come and dwell with you. What are you running from today, church? And I, I had a student ask me one time, said, Adam, how do I deal with being insecure? 
How do I deal with, with insecurities? And, you know, usually when a student asks me that, I try to like, you know, go through this Bible in my mind, think of all these crazy phrases and all that kind of stuff, you know, these one-hit wonders, you know what I mean? Man, I'm the youth pastor of the year, you know what I mean? That kind of stuff. But something just came to me and I just told him, I said, do the work. Do the work. Because when you do the work, it's in completing your assignment that you start to receive the assistance. Do the work. Well, Adam, I don't know where to start. Just start. Just get going. Some of you have dreams in your life that has been dormant for years, and you're like, man, I've got all this fear. What if it fails? But here is my better question. What if it doesn't? What if God actually comes through for you? What if he actually does what he says he's going to do? And I'm going to tell you, newsflash, he keeps all of his promises, ladies and gentlemen. There's not one promise that he's never, never failed on. There's not one battle he's never won. He has the victory. So you can go in confidence knowing he's on your side today. What's been dormant inside of you for years? I believe the Lord is getting ready to say, come on out. This is it. This is the moment. God doesn't promise it'll be easy, though. But he does promise that he will release his assistance and power in correspondence to the assignment. And Saul dresses David with his own tunic, and David takes off the armor. And David said basically to Saul, I'm going to do me. I... I'm not going to do what you tried to do because that obviously didn't work. You see, Saul, or David, was not going to do what Saul could, but he was going to do what Saul couldn't. And that was defeat the Philistine army. But that's because it only came by way of him being in the presence of God. Because he was fully clothed for the moment. You have a giant assignment, the greater the assistance. Is there a giant standing in front of you today, church? Well, that's just, that's some good news because that means that God's assistance is on the way. My wife and I, we, uh, we moved to Mobile back in 2017, and our son was born in September of that year, and we bought our house in August of that year. And, uh, you know, we're still going through the whole new parent phase. We're still kind of in that phase now. Like, please send help. We have no idea what we're doing half the time, you know, but uh, we're figuring it out as we go. And so January of 2018, uh, I, I leave for work a little later than usual. I take my son to daycare and uh, I get this call about 12, uh, about noontime that same day. And it was from a 251 number. I'm like, all right, if this is a car warranty call, bro, you need to go on somewhere, okay? And, uh, but I answer the, the phone, and it says, hello, is uh, Adam Parker available? I said, yeah, this is him. And, hey, this is Detective so-and-so from the Mobile Police Department. I'm afraid your house has been broken into. And I said, really? Huh, okay. Is this a joke? Like, you know, I, I just, I don't know. And so he said, if you want to come on down and leave, leave, and we'll be here when you get here. I said, okay. So I, I get to the house, and lo and behold, three armed gunmen burst into our house with assault rifles. And it was on the news and everything. They had a high-speed chase in our neighborhood. 
uh, because as they were pulling out of my driveway, the cops met them and they took off in the car. They hit a dead end. They bailed out of the car and then they run into the woods. And um, the police, you know, we were able to recover most everything that we lost. And uh, so after that moment, we got the alarm system put in. We, we got everything you can imagine, the cameras, all that, you know, retina scanners, all that good stuff at our house now. And, uh, but I'll never forget this, man. One night, and you know, I was paranoid for a long time after that. Because just the thought of my wife being home by herself or me being home with our son or vice versa and somebody just coming up in there just doing some crazy stuff just made me paranoid. I lost a lot of sleep during those few weeks. I'll tell you this example. One night, we're dead asleep and all of a sudden I hear this alarm go, eh, 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 and I zoom up out of bed, okay? I resurrect like I'm Jesus up out of the tomb, man. I'm coming out. Lazarus, come out. That's what I felt like. And so I get up out of the bed. I jump out. I'm in my underwear and everything, man. Like, it's, it's go time. And, uh, you know, I'm, I, uh, yeah, I, I grab a weapon, any weapon I could grab, and I'm running around the house like, all right, all right. Who, who's ready for this business? I don't, I don't know if what's going to happen. I've been playing Call of Duty. I'm ready, baby, you know. And all of a sudden, I hear Danielle calling my name, Adam, Adam, it's an Amber Alert. It's all good. <laughs> I said, oh, Amber Alert. After that moment, I disabled all those notifications on my phone. But how many times in our life has the devil been waking us out of our sleep, fighting an enemy that is no longer present in our midst? A lot of us are losing sleep every night, worried and anxious about things that the devil has tried to clothe us in. And we're chasing an enemy that doesn't even exist. Better yet, an enemy that should be running from you in the first place. You see, ladies and gentlemen, the, the enemy wants to tell you how powerless you are. But when you get in the presence of God, that's when you get full of his power. And his power starts to radiate in your family, in your finances, in any little intricate part of your life. Get in the presence of God is what Paul's saying to us today. And I'm going to end with this. And. I, I love action movies, man. I'm a huge action movie buff, buff, and one of my favorite movies is the movie 300 with Gerard Butler in it. <laughs> Yo, that's a bad dude up in that movie, man. And there's this one moment in that, that movie where the Persians, they come into the enemy camp, or the, the Spartan camp, and they try to work out this treaty deal with all the different Spartans and you know, the Persians were numerous, man. They had millions of, millions of people in their army, and the Spartans were super outnumbered. And so the Persian comes, and he tries to, you know, kind of buy a treaty or kind of bribe the, the Spartan king. And one of the biggest moments that everybody knows that so many memes have been created out of it, but the Spartan king, he said, this is Sparta. And he, you know, judo kicks that kid right down into a well. And he, does, he says, you're not going to take this land. I believe that God is calling us to have a this is Spartan moment to the enemy. And so what was so strategic about the Spartans, if you watch this movie at any point in time, when they get, actually get on the battlefield, there were 300 men versus thousands upon thousands of Persians. 
but they had the strategy and they were uh, properly equipped for the battle at hand. And they would do these different formations that would happen to where they would put this shield, the shield was huge, in front of them, and you would just hide behind the shield to blot out any arrows. And there's a quote in the movie that says, we have enough arrows to blot out the sun. And see, what the armor of God does when you put that shield of faith on, it blots out any of the arrows that may come your way. And so you're fully behind this shield. But the problem is, I've heard preachers say that you have the shield, and I think it's funny that God doesn't protect your back at all. And I raised this question the other day, like, why doesn't God protect your back? Why is your back not covered? And I've heard preachers say this a hundred times, because the shield is in front, that means you're constantly moving forward, right? But what about the times that Scripture says we must flee from sexual temptation? That means our back is turned. So, Pastor Kyle, if you could come up here for me. And so we're behind the shield, right? And so what happens is what Paul is saying here is that we need to grab our shield of faith and we link up our shield of faith with the other person. But if you do have to retreat, we're not retreating. We're just going back to back with this thing. Because can I tell you today that one can put a thousand to flight, but two can put 10,000 to flight. And when you link our shields together, and if he's got my back, guess what, baby? I got his back too. And we can move throughout this thing, no matter what goes on, no matter what happens. And the problem with our life is that we try to fight these battles on our own. We're sitting here trying to fight the devil, legions of armies, with people by ourselves. You're a good man. Thank you so much. Y'all make some noise for Pastor Kyle. Thank you. He is the best good-looking illustration guy ever, man. I love him so much. But we're in this moment right now, and some of you in this room, you have been fighting battles on your own. And here's the thing you need to realize, ladies and gentlemen, Ecclesiastes says this in verse 4, or chapter 4, verse 12, a person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer anything. We're better together. Fight together. Get in a group that will help fight and protect you. Our strength is in our numbers. This is not a one-on-one fight, ladies and gentlemen, but about us linking our shields together in faith. And here's the thing, we all have weaknesses. We all have things that we're not proud of. But when you come together, anything is possible. Here's the reality. If Pastor Kyle was to put on the armor of God, but I didn't, we're still vulnerable. If I put on the armor of God, he did it, we're still vulnerable. We're still going through things. And here's the thing, if you fight for freedom, you need the armor of God and you need the people of God. If you only have a one, one and not the other, it's not gonna be a difficult fight for the enemy. It's not gonna be a fair fight. You're at a huge disadvantage. And so my prayer today, whether it's your spouse, your spouse is one of the most helpful partners you can find in your life. And what the enemy wants to do is to put you guys against each other so now your back is vulnerable. 
and you can be attacked from that way. But if you just say, say and decide today is the day, this is it. I'm getting my marriage back online today. We're turning and standing back to back, and we're going to fight all the enemy's arrows with everything, every breath in my body. All the things that we've been bickering about and being anxious about in our life, that ends today. This is the moment that we start living our life on purpose for a purpose today, ladies and gentlemen. Can I tell you something? Listen to me. The enemy wants you to focus on all of these little petty battles so that when you finally get to a giant, you don't have the energy, you don't have the morale, you don't have anything you need to get rid of the giant in your life. But I came to declare and decree today that you have a Father in heaven who is able to do immeasurably more in your life. And if you need his help, if you need his assistance today, he is faithful to come through for you. No matter what giant you may be facing today, church, can I tell you, we serve a God who is a giant slayer. There is no giant that can stand in front of you today because you are standing with the King of Kings today. And he goes before you, he fights next to you, he's surrounding you all around. And just when you feel like you're surrounded, he's surrounding whatever's surrounding you. Are you in a battle today? If so, I got some really great news. He's here in this room. And he's ready to provide any assistance you may need. Any assistance you've been praying about, been thinking about. He's eager to give to you. Paul says in verse 16, that pray in the spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. How do you get clothed with the armor of God? You get in prayer. You get in his presence because prayer is the gateway to purpose. If you need some purpose, start praying. When you pray in his presence, everything changes, ladies and gentlemen. Nothing can stay the same. Behold, all things have passed away and the new has become. And I want to tell you today that David is a symbol of Jesus for you and I today. And that symbol is that he goes before you and fights every battle for you. And here's the key, he's never lost and he's never gonna. He is undefeated. And today, he wants to equip you and give you all the tools you need so that you can have the same victory that he has as well. I'm going to talk to two sets of people today as we pray. The first set of people that I want to speak to is the people that feel isolated and alone. You're fighting battles right now all by yourself. There may be some things personally and internally you're dealing with that even your spouse doesn't even know about. But here's the beauty of Scripture is that David was also in isolation. You see, in chapter 16, Saul or, or Samuel is uh, told by God to go to Jesse's home to find the next king and anoint the next king. And Jesse told David to go out in the field. He didn't even show David to Samuel. And so here David is just doing the work that his father gave him. But his father didn't even acknowledge him when it came time. 
Scripture says that Jesse paraded all seven of his other sons out in front of Samuel. And Samuel said, none of these are the one. And Jesse says, well, I guess I got an eighth one. And if you feel like you're forgotten today, (laughs) this next part's going to blow your mind. And Samuel says to Jesse, he says, all right, go get number eight and bring him to me. And we're not going to leave or sit down until he arrives. And so number eight walks in the door. And scripture says he was glowing as bright as heaven. And what the Lord says next is life-changing to me. The Lord tells Samuel, he says, rise and anoint this one. This is it. This is the one. God is on your side today. And he's calling you to say, this is it. This is the one. Now is the time, ladies and gentlemen, to fight your battles knowing that he's on your side today. And the second people I want to talk to just for a moment are the people that feel like they're in a battle today. If you're in a battle today, there's no battle that God has ever lost, nor will he ever. And it's time for you to stop battling these things on your own. It's time for you to get in the presence of God and get in the community of people of God and you start fighting this thing head on, whether it's addiction, whether it's whatever it is maybe you may be dealing with today, insecurities, whatever that looks like today for you. The battle is not over. You do not lay down, but you stand back up. You put on the full armor of God and you stand firm in the presence of God because in the presence of God is where everything starts to come to fruition for you, is where all your purpose starts to happen in your life. Can I tell you today, God is calling a church who is not afraid to stand up for who they are and who they believe in today. Take a stand. Stand up for your family. Stand up for your finances. Stand up for your marriage. Stand up for your children. Today is the day we're rummaging through the enemy camp and we're serving an eviction notice to that bad boy and said, devil, you can't have my family. You can't have my heart. You can't have my peace or my joy today. I'm taking it all back today. I'm taking it all back today. We hope you've been blessed by this week's podcast. Make sure to subscribe to stay up to date with all of our most recent episodes and visit pathwaychurch.us give. We'll see you next week.